I was expecting you. Today, tomorrow, yesterday. It was only a matter of time. Welcome to John Adams High, where you are gonna die, that's right. Hey, little bro, life's tough, get a helmet. They just shot the neighbor! The banger! Well, Sean, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but you're kind of a babe. The Secret of Life by Plays with Squirrels. Underpants. Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! I love the Feeney call. Howdy, everyone. Welcome back. This is the Feeney Podcast, and we are excited to be talking about the Kid Gloves episode. This is one that I definitely remembered uh, immediately from seeing the opening scene and, and remember the whole plot. So I don't know why, but this one was a memorable one for me. What about you, Jacqueline? Yeah, same. Um, hello, everyone. This I am every time I wa- rewatch one of these episodes, I am surprised at how memorable and funny season one was. I mean, I said it last week, but yeah, I I remember this episode. I remembered it really well, and uh, it really was funny and sweet. I'm realizing that while I haven't watched any of these episodes in a very long time, there was a point in my life where I probably watched through the entire series, maybe like three or four times. So I keep surprising myself by remembering and recognizing things, but ultimately it is something I've seen a bunch happen. Yeah. I used to watch the reruns of this constantly on Disney channel. And then I think maybe it moved to like ABC family or something, but yeah, just constantly. So this is a pretty good one. And uh, it's a big day for Corey because it is, uh, it's his birthday. So we'll dive into that here in a second. We've got a little bit of a unique setup here with this episode, but we'll uh, dive right in when starting with a summary. All right. Episode is entitled Kid Gloves. It is season one, episode 19, aired March 25th, 1994, and directed by David Trainer. TV Guide synopsis, Corey isn't too excited about his birthday gift until he loses it and realizes its sentimental value. My take is Alan gives Corey a meaningful becoming a man birthday gift, but fails to explain what it is or why it is important. Corey misplaces the gift and goes down a guilt and shame spiral as he tries to find it. Meanwhile, Mr. Feeney is a scuba instructor for some reason. Yeah, that's great. You hit all the big ones. There are, (laughs) to me, two egregious kind of things like plot points in this that set up the whole episode, obviously, but just seemed a little unrealistic. One was what you mentioned, you know, Alan giving the gift, but not explaining it right away. And, and if you're not going to explain it, then like, how can someone be excited about it? So he does, he explains the gift too late in the episode. And then Corey, which like is becoming his MO tries to do something behind his parents back, thinking that that will be better than asking for help and getting in trouble for losing it. He always seems to get in himself into more trouble than he originally would have right like literally every episode ends with his parents being like now Corey, this all could have been avoided if you just talk to us and we're here for you and we're not gonna yell at you like we love you and then yet the next day he wakes up and is like i have no memory of that (laughs) let's just screw up again today (laughs) and then like tries to fix his issue without just asking his parents for help yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that those are obviously crucial 
points and parts of this episode, but when you're making those mistakes, then a lot of things can happen. So in this one, we start in the classroom where we start most of our episodes, and uh, Mr. Feeney has written the words extracurricular activities on the board. He doesn't list out what they are. He just wrote those two words on the board. Very, very clear and, and bold. There are three lines in the first probably five minutes of this episode that made me crack up and were like laugh out loud funny. They're stupid jokes, but they made me laugh really hard. And one of them is in this scene. Um, yeah, Feeney is telling the class uh, that they all have to choose a fun extracurricular activity slash club to join. And they get, I think they get four options, four terrible options. Three terrible options and one pretty cool option. <laughs> right. So their choices are vocabulary club, debate team, scuba club, and upholstery squad. Yeah. I mean, who, who, who is joining vocabulary club? Yeah. Could we have gotten a little bit of a better, like basketball, karate, Paper, paper machine, anything like, like vocabulary art. club. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something with art, or like even like I don't, I don't know. Like you can have academic stuff, but vocabulary club, like what the heck even is that? You literally just like do words. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I don't. Just I've never heard of the around, vocabulary club. You just read from the dictionary for two hours after school, and that's it. Yeah. So clearly, of course, everyone is going to take scuba because it's it's this hands down the easiest one to choose from of those. Well, not Minkus. Minkus says he wants to stimulate his uh, brain, so he's going to pick vocab or debate team. But then Topanga wants to do scuba, so he changes to scuba. Yeah, easy switch for him to make once he finds out that Topanga's into that. What was the line in this scene? There were a couple I wrote down that were funny, like... Corey's answer to what he thinks scuba was and Sean's answer. Yeah. Both of those are good. Yeah. So basically, Mr. Feeney addressing the entire class says, can anyone tell me what the acronym scuba is? Corey then raises his hand to volunteer to answer this question. <laughs> and he said, and so Mr. Feeney calls on him and he says, Duba? And Feeney just goes, scuba duba. <laughs> <laughs> I have failed you. I was like cracking up. Like you obviously didn't know the answer. Why would you raise your hand? Yeah. Not only does he not know the answer, he doesn't even know what an acronym is. <laughs> right. And once Feeney explains that, he calls on Sean, which apparently Sean, you know, is the, the quiet kid in the back who never answers any questions or volunteers for anything. So he puts Sean on the spot and Sean comes up with a terrible acronym. You haven't spoken since the fourth grade. <laughs> S-C-U-B-A. What does it stand for? Something's creepy under boat. Andy. Yeah, it was actually good. It was at least on theme until the Andy part. I don't, don't really know where that came from. But yeah, nobody knows what scuba means except for, of course, the class genius minkus i was about to say something mean and then i decided to just call him genius instead because he's a child um meet minkus reluctantly answers even though he tries to be cool and not know the answer he just can't help himself 
he can't help himself. He's Feeney kind of tricks him into answering. And so he, he says that scuba stands for self-contained underwater breathing apparatus and off they go. Have you ever been scuba diving before? No. And I never intend to, but Ooh. Arthur is scuba certified. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. I don't, yeah, I don't like, um, open water. I'm not a very good swimmer. Uh, being completely submerged in water. Ooh, that's so scary. No, no, not interested. I've been snorkeling. Yeah, that's fair. That's different. I mean, Sean's yeah. been snorkeling too. He just did it in his bathtub. So I'm not sure that's... If you can do it in your bathtub, it's not that impressive. Um, I've got some good scuba fun facts for later as well. But uh, the scuba gear and the aqualung, which was a huge invention to make scuba possible was invented by Jacques Cousteau in 1943, hence why I was doing some Jacques Cousteau research a little bit before we started here. I thought it was invented by Scuba Steve. Scuba Steve, damn you. <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, they, you know, everyone is is all in here, seemingly, at least the four kids that matter in the show, because those are the only ones that ever get any airtime. Uh, they're all going to do scuba. So... Back in the bedroom, Corey is is uh, sleeping, and we see Alan sneak into the room and place a box on his forehead, and then kind of creeps out. And we get a funny scene between the brothers. Yeah, Alan creeping out of the bedroom wakes Eric up, and he looks over at Corey and tries to wake him up, and says, "Corey, you've got a box on your head. Corey, you've got a box on your head." And Corey's not waking up, so Eric like grabs his bullhorn that he keeps next to his bed for whatever reason <laughs> and says Corey don't wake up there's not a box on your head and Corey wakes up and finds the box hey there was a box on my head yeah but other than this gift this ill-conceived gift there is literally no other mention in this episode of it being Corey's birthday yeah, no one wishes him a happy birthday either at home nope. or at school. Nobody gets nope. him anything else. No talks about a party or a plan or anything like that. So you are led to believe that this day is actually his birthday. Uh, but th you're right. There's no mention of it. So maybe Alan is just giving this gift early and it's not quite his birthday. yet. It, that part was a little uh, troubling, I suppose. Unrealistic. What? Yeah like 12 year old they've got some plan for his birthday they would be him and sean would be doing something or there would be like some special event or a cake like there's literally nothing his mother doesn't even wish him happy birthday when he comes downstairs that morning to get his scuba permission slip signed so like this is this is crazy to me also you know, Corey, open, he finds the box, he's unwrapping it, and Eric is like, oh, this is your big, like, becoming a man gift from dad. What? Who celebrates becoming a man at age 12? That's very random. Um. Yeah, I mean, Jews do, but... I thought that was 13. Yeah, it's like between 12 and 13, depending on when your, like, birthday is on the Hebrew calendar. So, 12 Interesting. or 13. I thought it was just 13. Yeah, I was technically two weeks before my 13th birthday. So, like, it was closer to 13 than 12. But, uh, yeah, in whatever world they live in, 12 is when you become a man. And uh, Eric got a buck knife from Grandpa, and Corey gets the silver mittens. Yeah, so Corey opens this gift. He's like, you got a, a knife and I get a necklace. This is lame. 
my gift isn't as good as yours. And Eric goes, that's because dad doesn't like you and wants you to leave. <laughs> and that was the other line that made me laugh out loud. <laughs> they're both like sitting there in their jammies and he's opening their, you know, they're like eagerly looking at what the gift is and Eric is just roasting him. It's really funny. Yeah, that is funny. Downstairs before Corey comes down, we have a scene where uh, Alan is like super pumped about this awesome gift that he gave Corey and how he's going to be Corey's favorite parent today and Amy's going to have to deal with it and uh, and that this is like the best gift he could ever give. But when Corey comes down, he's really just preoccupied with scuba and he doesn't even acknowledge his dad or the gift until Alan confronts him about it. Well, yeah, I think he is purposefully trying to get out of there as fast as possible, uh, not only because he's excited about scuba, but he doesn't want to have this conversation with his dad where he's like, thanks for the gift, because he doesn't like the gift. And how? why would he like the gift? He doesn't know what it is or why it's special. Yeah, 100%. If you're going to give a sentimental gift and you're going to give a gift to a child who you clearly know is not going to be super into a necklace, there needs to be an immediate explanation. And as we find out when he does give the explanation a little bit later, like Corey and Eric are, it's it's a really super cool thing to have, to have your dad be the second best boxer in the Navy in his weight class during those years he was there. That's a huge deal. And I think the kids would rightly so appreciate that. It just came a day too late. Uh, Corey would have loved these things and he probably would have like brought them to school and shown them off to his friends. Um, but he didn't have any sort of understanding of what these, what this necklace was. So yeah, he leaves, he's running off to scuba as fast as he can. And the line number three that made me laugh was Alan is sitting defeated after Corey leaves. And he's like, well, that's okay. If he didn't like it, you know, it's, not like I gave it to him to, to get one of those Kodak moments. <laughs> I feel very bad. I feel very bad. It's <laughs> like a funny voice. <laughs> it was, that might be his funniest line in the entire series. Like Definitely. Forward, it's like he's choking back tears and he's doing this hilarious voice. I was... <laughs> I was literally laughing out loud it's great yeah that's funny um all right so two things about this scene that were sent up here one is it believable for you that alan was a champion boxer in the navy i don't know anything about boxing so sure okay maybe he was in the like ultra featherweight division (laughs) i don't know like uh, when would he have served in the navy they say in one episode eric Amy was pregnant with Eric in 1978, so maybe like early to mid-70s he would have been in the Navy. Yeah, mid-70s. Right. Hmm. And then the other piece here is, do we also believe that this is the first time Alan would have ever mentioned that he... Like, I feel like his kids are old enough now that they would have known. Yeah, he would be using that story all the time. Like, that's a cool thing. You have two sons. That is a cool thing to be bragging about to your sons. You would not keep that a secret. But basically, Amy is saying exactly what we're saying. She's like, well, Alan, did you tell him that the gift, like what it even meant? He doesn't know what it is. And then she is the one who tells the audience like that that, those were your, you know, you won that necklace in the Navy. And Alan's like, well, yeah, I guess I should have told him. Yeah. Also, why does Corey get the 
gloves and not Eric. I guess I'm wondering why he decided to go knife and then gloves for Corey. I don't know. Eric got grandpa's buck knife. That might be equally sentimental. I guess so. The gloves seem to have a much better story unless, you know, grandpa survived using the knife alone for like three weeks in the jungle or something. Grandpa might have killed a bear with that knife after spending his life facing off with that bear. I was trying to research like a little bit more about the Navy boxing tournament, which is a real thing. Um, I didn't see any references to like silver or gold like gloves as trophies. So I'm not sure if it's true. I couldn't confirm or deny that. But there are boxing competitions, uh, amateur boxing competitions in the United States. The silver gloves competition is for uh, kids ages 10 to 15. And then the gold gloves competition is for amateurs 16 years and older. And Obviously, they're broken into weight classes still, but those are like the big mega amateur championships, silver gloves and golden gloves. Who would let their 10-year-old child box? Are you kidding me with that? You can give your child brain damage before they're even an adult. It's ridiculous. I mean, yes, uh, of course. Uh, that does seem... Should, it seems like you shouldn't have your brain being pounded until it's kind of fully developed. No, I don't think that's good. Although I would say the same exact thing about football and probably lacrosse yeah maybe even hockey you probably hockey as well yes yeah um you know what my kid's gonna be on the upholstery squad so (laughs) let's just put it that way um gonna be able to go like a motherfucker yeah i looked into the navy sports program as well apparently um they have all navy teams in boxing bowling cross country wrestling basketball soccer triathlon volleyball softball golf rugby and marathon so they do, you can like try out to be on the all Navy teams and then you can compete um, in like nationwide naval competitions. And then they actually compete against like other countries, militaries and stuff. Yeah, that's um, that's super cool. I don't know too many famous Naval Academy athletes, but I do know David Robinson, who's one of the greatest centers of all time, played for the San Antonio Spurs for many, many years. He was at the Naval Academy for four years, and so he was a great basketball player at the Navy, and then he was college basketball player of the year in 1987. That was his last year, and he only had to—he did have to serve. He had to serve two years, which is shorter than the uh, active duty obligation with the Navy, I believe, but uh, he—so he didn't have to do a full tour, but he had to do a a shortened one, so he did two— he was a civil engineering officer at a Navy base in Georgia. He did two years there, and then he got to go play basketball. So he actually had to take two years off and then get back into ball. Yeah, the Spurs drafted him, and then he went to do two years of service, and then he played with them two years later, which is a huge gamble to like lose two pretty prime years of a player's career. But yeah, he ended up becoming, you know, he was on the dream team and, and all of these other things. So he did all right for himself. Sure, 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 sure. Well, at any rate, the Navy sports, Allen, second place in his weight division in the entire Navy. I am curious what his weight division was, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm sure he was nice and slim back in the days. Uh, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The last part of the scene is just my girl Morgan comes down and and makes a couple of funny jokes about there's no, no present on her face and that she does a little pouty face because... Up to this point, she was uh, used to getting presents on Eric and Corey's birthdays so that she didn't feel left out. But 
now that she's a big girl that needs to change. And Amy puts her foot down and says, you're a big girl. You can't get presents for everyone else's birthdays anymore. My little cousin, Albert, used to call any birthday cake a happy birthday to me cake when he was a little kid. It was the cutest thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. All right. So we now jump to the cafeteria for our first scuba lesson. They're not in Uh, the cafeteria. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the same like setup with the vending machines and all of that. It looks like the cafeteria. They're at the YMCA at the pool. All right. They're at the nearby Y. You don't think they're at the pool? Why are they wearing their bathing suits? I mean, I suppose that makes sense. It just looks like I was under the impression that their like school had a pool and they were in the gym or like the cafeteria getting ready to go out to the pool area. Well, later Amy says they do their swimming at the Y. So they're, they're not at the school. Yeah. Okay. Well, they are at the Y then. And the first thing we get is a funny Star Wars reference, which despite never seeing them, I still got it. Oh, yeah. Corey does a classic Darth Vader impression while wearing a scuba mask. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like you're obligated to do the impression if you're wearing some sort of mask like that. Sure. That's fair. And we get a series of funny moments here where Sean mentions going snorkeling in his bathtub. And then we get all of the big reveals. Corey takes his shirt off. Sean takes his shirt off. Topanga strips down to her bathing suit. So we're getting a very racy scene for Boy Meets World. The audience cheering as these 11-year-old children take their clothes off was very cringeworthy. And I feel like someone should have just been holding a sign like no cheering these are children <laughs> it was pretty funny because you could almost sense like it was a little bit they of a were hesitant thing. yeah they like clapped and then you you could just feel other people like looking at them weird and then they just slowly start stop clapping yeah it's like they're literally little kids like i don't know Corey takes his shirt off and someone's like woo and i was like ew stop he's like a little baby same with topanga it was even creepier because you know people sexualize girls bodies at way too young of an age so i was like we don't we do not need to be cheering about these kids in their swimsuits let them scuba in peace but i digress minkus is wearing a bright yellow wetsuit yep uh just looking like a total chump but uh, as I mentioned earlier, Arthur is scuba certified, and apparently when they went to get their certification, uh, one of their friends opted out of like paying the extra $30 for the wetsuit, and um, apparently even if you're just in a pool, you really are supposed to wear a wetsuit because you're going to be underwater for so long that like mm-hmm. your body temperature is going to drop and you are going to get really cold. Uh, even if you're just inside in a pool. So his friend like cheaped out on the wetsuit and they all like look over at him and so- at some point and he's just like blue and he was blue for like hours. God, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's was, miserable. Yeah, I don't know why. It was like 30 bucks. Just rent the wetsuit. Dude. Seriously. Uh, funny. The little back and forth when Topanga takes off her, her jacket and she's just wearing the bathing suit and then Corey and Sean just like have no words. Is It's like a little creepy, but it was funny that they couldn't figure out anything to say to her. Yeah, I thought it was cute. Like Corey and Sean are razzing each other about you know having to take their shirt off and how they're skinny and pale and this. So they're like going back and forth. 
And then Topanga comes over and is like, oh, what? You're not going to make fun of me? And they're both just like staring at her. And they're like, do you have anything? No, I don't have anything. And then, um, and Sean's like, she's just a girl in a bathing suit. Insult her. And Corey turns and's like, mm, no, I'm just going to insult you from <laughs> now on. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. So like a little bit of a turning point. They're like realizing they actually like girls now, but Minkus is laying on the charm and comes over and tells her she's beautiful, which I did find a little creepy, but I see what they were trying to do. Then in walks Mr. Feeney, and everyone is shocked that Feeney is a master diver. I am now questioning why Mr. Feeney didn't tell them that he would be the one doing the class, because I feel like if you wanted to get Corey and Sean off your back for a day, you tell them that you're leading this class and they would have gone to do anything else. Like, right, literally. Like, as he walks in, Corey's like, who do you think the dive master is? And Sean's like, I don't care who it is as long as it gets me out of school and away from Feeney. And then like, ta-da, in walks Feeney. And he's like, it was me. I was the dive master all along. But yes, that's a good point. He should have just been like, hey, class, by the way, I do the scuba club. So if you don't want to hang out with me, sign up for something else. Yeah, it just seems like it could have caused, saved him some trouble and not have to deal with the kids. And Maybe he, he just wanted the most enthusiastic scuba participants, even if it was Corey and Sean. Yeah, I guess so. And they were, they're definitely excited about it. Um, I looked up what it takes to become a master diver as a classification, and it's a lot. You need to have your regular open water certification, an advanced open water cert, rescue diving cert, and five specialty diver certs, and you have to have gone on at least 50 dives. So Mr. Feeney is doing a lot of vacations in the tropics is what I'm hearing. I guess so. I mean, I'm not exactly sure there's a great place to go scuba diving outside Philadelphia. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, taking some good trips down the shore, I guess. It looks like the regular class, just to become like regularly certified, uh, is about a 10 or 12 hour course. And it allows you to dive down to 18 meters. Yeah. Which is still pretty good. That's what Arthur did. They did like, a, I know they did at least one big day. Of training. It, they might have done like two days or something, but yeah, it's not for me. But I thought, yeah, I thought the kids were a little young to be starting scuba, but turns out you can be as young as nine or 10 years old as long as you have parents' permission and you can comfortably carry all of the equipment. So yeah, start them young. Sure. So Feeney's there and he kind of goes over the first rule of diving, which is never dive alone. And then, you know, we see them kind of go out into the rest of their class. We cut back to the house later in the day and uh eric's home from school and he's on the phone and sounds like he has accidentally called a girl on the phone by the wrong name yeah i'm like very bored with eric's girl drama at this point so whatever he's talking to some lovely lady on the phone and Corey walks in and Eric gets hung up on and Eric's like, Corey, where's your silver mittens from dad? And Corey is very cavalier and says, oh, must have left him at the pool. I'll just buy him another pair tomorrow. Like, right. Corey, where are you? Like, you don't even know what you're saying. You'll just buy him another, like, necklace with silver gloves on it? What are you even talking about? You don't have any money. Uh, true. Yeah, no money and... No knowledge of where to buy this item. 
no concept of how much it could cost. Like you literally are talking out of your ass right now. Yeah. But to still be fair, like he doesn't realize the importance of them just yet because no one explained it to him. So uh, that comes very quickly after this because now Alan comes up and he's like, listen, guys, I get, you know, Corey, I gave you this for your birthday. It's becoming a man gift, but I didn't actually explain it. And that's when he finally goes on to kind of say that he was the runner up in the championship match. And he got, you know, he lost to this big, bad bruiser and his eye was hanging out and there was so much blood and. The kids are really enthralled with this story. Well, Corey would have loved this story, especially like all the blood and stuff, but he's sitting there listening to it and he just feels like dirt because he lost the necklace and now he's realizing how important it is. And he is sitting there with like his head down and he's just like not enjoying the story at all because he's just worried and he feels bad. It's It kind of sucks because in any other circumstance, he would have been like, this is the best story I've ever heard. Right. Yeah, exactly. But he's now, yeah, now he's really afraid that he's lost these gloves forever. So he starts to like call around to some of the places that he went, the comic book store, some of these other places, and he can't find it anywhere. Um, meanwhile, Eric is taking out his buck knife and actually teaches the, the lesson here a little bit, which is, um, you know, I, I don't love the knife. Like I'm, I have no use for this knife, but I know it's important to dad and, Maybe it'll be important to my kids one day. So Eric's really understanding the importance of some of these heirlooms. And I think that makes Corey feel just even worse. Well, it's funny because Eric is, um, you know, Eric takes the knife out of his drawer and Corey's like, I thought you didn't even like that knife. And the, and Eric is like, well, you know, I don't, but I, I liked, I pretend I like it because it's important to dad and I keep it wrapped up and I polish it. And like you said, maybe my son will like it one day. But then, like, the way he's looking at this knife, like, he does like it. He he doesn't like it in this way that, like, he's going to use it every day or, like, carry it with him. But you can tell the way he's, like, wrapping it up and wiping it. Like, he does – it does mean a lot to him that his dad gave him that. And he – whether or not he actually, like, understands it, he is sentimentally attached to the knife. And he likes it. And it's important to him, even though he jokes about it how it's like kind of silly, but that's like the whole point of this type of gift is like, maybe it's not the most useful thing, but it has sentimental value. So that's why you keep passing it along. Exactly. Yep. Well said. It's cute the way he's looking at the knife and it's, it's sweet, but it's just, yeah, like you said, it makes Corey feel worse. Like he's like, what have I done? I got to go find this thing. And he asks Eric to cover for him while he goes out and looks for the silver gloves yeah i'm trying to think like in my position i i almost guarantee that i at this point when i realized i had lost it like if it was somewhere else i would have just confessed i think Corey needs to at this point understand that like yes his parents would probably be mad at him for losing it but they certainly also would have been understanding and would have gone to help him find it rather than him having to sneak away and get into even more trouble but that's what happened right. because like as you mentioned Corey says he's going to go have dinner at Sean's and can Eric cover for him? And Eric says, sure. Uh, but then downstairs in the kitchen, uh, Eric quickly makes a big mess uh, of this lie, especially when, when Sean shows up. Right. So Eric is covering for Corey, but then Sean shows up and obviously Corey is not with Sean. If Sean is here looking for Corey and the whole thing just 
spirals out of control. And then Eric is just like, well, I don't know where he is and is not helpful at all. He doesn't say like he went to go retrace his steps. Like Eric could have been like, well, he's looking for the necklace. He lost it. He's probably like at the pool. But instead he's just like, I don't know. He's gone. Bye. Sean like runs away so he doesn't get in trouble. But uh, yeah, Eric really botches this whole situation. Yep, sure but does. What, what was he supposed to do? He had already told his parents Corey was at Sean's and then Sean shows up. So I don't know how he was really supposed to save that, but he tried. He did. He did try. But as soon as, you know, Morgan calls him out for being a fake, then then we really know if you can't fool Morgan, you certainly can't fool Amy and, uh, and Alan. So that is now causing some concern at the Matthews household where we are going to go see Corey and he's presumably scuba-ing on his own. He's like somehow allowed himself to get into the pool area. There's no one else in the pool. It's just him. He's figured out how to get his breathing apparatus on. And now he's scuba-ing in the pool to look for the necklace. Anyone who has ever dove for those pool sticks or those rings knows that you do not need scuba equipment to locate an item on the bottom of a swimming pool. So I don't know why he bothered with these flippers and the oxygen tank or where he even got all that stuff from. But yeah, he's down there using his scuba expertise to try and locate the mittens, the the silver mittens. Exactly. And he doesn't find them, but he does find, here's a list of things he finds underneath the water in the pool. After a long day of swimming at the Y, we see a tennis racket, a key, a stingray and a barbie who is being drowned because she's been tied to a cement block yeah that was pretty dark huh that last one was dark the stingray was weird where the hell did that thing come from apparently that's like a pool toy it's like a wind-up toy that like drives on the bottom of the pool and looks like a stingray i mean that's kind of cool yeah but no gloves Corey's lost them and just as he's continuing to look, he hears a voice and who shows up but Mr. Feeney because he is everywhere. He got fiend. Yeah. Why is Feeney always everywhere? Like literally in the fugitive episode when they snuck into school at night, Feeney's like, here I am just casually in my classroom picking up some canvas. And now he's just like after hours by himself at the Y just there to catch Corey scuba diving so i'm wondering is feeney actually stalking these people maybe his life we'll is find out boring. that's what he's come to and it's not like he <laughs> is dressed to be at the gym and like he's not going for a dip he's wearing his oxfords and uh you know a nice little outfit so somehow he figures it out that uh that Corey's in there he pulls Corey out tells him what an idiot he is for diving alone and breaking the rules and uh i guess just tells Corey to go home he doesn't they don't walk into the house at the same time. So we are assuming Feeney stays behind and Corey went home. Yeah, he tells Corey to go home. We also didn't set this up how during uh, their their scuba class, literally the first thing Feeney says is, the first rule of diving is never dive alone. It's very unsafe. And then, of course, he catches Corey diving alone, which is literally the one thing he told him not to do. So, yeah, it would have made more sense if Feeney was dressed like he was just playing racquetball or he had just had a workout or something. But he literally was like in his 
sweater and his loafers and it was weird but he sends Corey home Corey gets home his parents are worried sick they've been freaking out wondering where he is and then he confesses that he lost the necklace yeah finally comes clean about it and you know we we pretty much know how Alan's gonna react because he's reacted this way before which is listen Corey like it's just the thing my family you the people will always be more important than just some object like yes this was important to me and it still is important to me but it's not more important than you being safe and sound at home so like get this through your thick skull that like you can just come to us for help we will be here for you yeah so he um he's feeling shamed and he's like waiting for his punishment and then they just say like just go upstairs and go to bed but then the doorbell rings and my dog goes wild because he doesn't like doorbell sounds, even on TV. That's funny. Feeney's there, comes in, and basically just says, you know, I looked in the the filter, the trap, and that's where the necklace was, and we found it. He gives it back to Corey. Corey, feeling just as excited as ever, jumps into Feeney's arms and gives him a big hug, and then realizes what he's done and quickly shuffles away. And then we have big emotional lesson time yep. with Corey. He returns the necklace to Alan and Alan's like, what are you doing? I gave this to you. But Corey wants to give it back. Dad, here. What are you doing? I gave these to you. Mom, I don't deserve them. At least not yet. Just uh, hold on to them for me now and give them back to me on the most important day of my life. When will that be? Whatever day you give them back. Touching flute music. Yeah. Oh, so sweet. So sentimental. No, I don't know, man. It, it's really cute. It was a great line. But this kid is not self-aware at all. They've made him look like a complete bonehead in these past two episodes with like trying to get away with these schemes and failing. And now I'm supposed to believe that he's just coming up with this heart touching little line to say to his dad maybe he really has grown maybe he did a lot of growing this episode i personally think he gave him back so that he was like well i gave him back to you give him to me another year but this year can i have like a super soaker or some other kind of <laughs> like i am a child and i'd like a real gift that i can use. <laughs> also can somebody make me some goddamn cupcakes i'm starving yeah, and nobody there are no candles to blow out no special dinner at the house like the heck for a family that does a lot of baking they really dropped the ball for Corey's birthday i know and for a kid who like loves being the center of attention there is no way he's letting his birthday slide without a little bit more fanfare my god yeah yeah what a what a mediocre birthday <laughs> <laughs> also i read cannot confirm because i haven't watched it but i read that in an episode of girl meets world Corey actually passes these silver boxing gloves onto his son in the show. Interesting. Yeah, I we watched what, like the first season of that show and then I think stopped? I don't know if we even made it through the first season, but we watched a few episodes. Right. That's interesting. Well, I'm glad that they were able to bring those back. And that takes us to our post credit scene here as we finish up this episode. It rolls back to Morgan at the beginning of the episode who wanted a present even though it wasn't her birthday because she had always gotten presents on her brother's birthdays and uh being a daddy's girl alan caves 
and gets her a nice white pony horse uh, figurine. Yeah, she he gets her this nice toy horse, and she pulls it out and says, Daddy, did you win this horse in the Navy? And he goes, no. <laughs> she wants to know why this gift is special, and he's trying to explain that it's special because he picked it out just for her, and she just asks him again, did you win this horse in the Navy? And he says, why, yes, I did, and she gives him a big kiss on the cheek. It was pretty cute. Yeah, cute little end scene. Definitely better than some of the others we've seen. And Morgan gets her little horse toy. So everyone, everyone's happy at the end of the episode. Have your parents ever given you some like sentimental hand-me-down thing that you are expected to cherish? That's a good question. Nothing that comes to the top of my mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Jamie's engagement ring has diamonds in it from... One of my mom's rings, old rings, and from some of her mom's old rings. So that is like the ring itself is is pretty sentimental in that fact that it kind of like combines pieces from both of our families. But other than that, no, nothing like the gloves like that. Mm. What about you? Uh, not really. My, you know, my grandmother has given me jewelry over the years, even like costume jewelry. And I, not that she gives it to me with like this big story or anything, but um, I I like, I've kept it all, even if it's, you know, doesn't really have any actual monetary value, which most of it doesn't. Um, but that's pretty much it. My mother had a bunch of charms and like pendants and stuff from when she was young, like little gold charms that were on necklaces and things. And she made a charm bracelet for me out of those, which is cute um, that she gave to me, I think on my 30th birthday. Uh, so yeah, that's that's it. But no, never like a big, oh, we're handing this down and there's this big story behind it. Nothing like that. Yeah, same here. So that that does it for this episode. We overall pretty good. Got some good laughs, got some good touching sentimental moments. And now we can no longer call Corey an 11-year-old boy because he's bumped up into man territory he's 12 years old now well they really drilled it into my head in the first episode that he was 11 so i don't know how i'm ever gonna shake this but i'll try yeah we really gotta keep up with everyone's age now moving forward yeah cool well another one in the books we've got three more episodes left in the season so we'll have to see what kind of crazy hijinks Corey gets himself into and what lessons he can forget from day to day uh but hopefully this one sticks with him a little bit and he treasures those gloves forever um, I also would like to mention the title of the episode, Kid Gloves, kind of a double entendre because they, of the expression kid gloves, but also because Corey's a kid and he got some gloves. Mm -hmm. Do you know what the expression kid gloves means? I mean, I think I know what it means. I'm not sure it's origin, but kid gloves is kind of like you're treating someone like a little kid and you're like coddling them instead of like being direct and upfront with them. Yeah, that's pretty that's that's correct. You're like um treating someone with special consideration. Coddling is a good word. But the reason they're called that is because they're made from kid leather. In other words, the skin from a young goat. Really? I, yeah, I just I literally thought it was kid because like I don't know what I thought, like cuz you're treating someone like you treat a kid. Right. Or like Maybe like you used to wear gloves when you first held a baby at the hospital or something for germs. I don't know. Was not expecting goat skin though. I'll tell you that. Kid gloves. That is shocking. 
Yeah, it is. And somewhat unpleasant. So I'm sorry that I shared that fact. That's okay. Knowledge is power. It's true. And the more you know. The more you know. All right. We've digressed way too far now. So. Okay. 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 I mean, that's the end of it. We can say whatever we want, honestly. But we'll just mention that we're on Instagram at Feeny Podcast. We've got an email address, a Twitter, an Instagram, a Facebook. Find us in all of these lovely places. Like our photos. Follow us. We're winding down this season and would love to have a good, even 100 followers by the time we wrap this up. Yes. Hold on. Let me check our follower numbers because they have gone up a little bit since last time we checked in. We have 76 followers right now, so it's gone up a little bit and we're on our way to 100. Um, Also, to entice you, there is an upcoming episode called Boy Meets Girl, where Corey and Topanga will have a little sizzle. So uh, just teasing that for you. It's two, I think, two episodes from now. So good, some good Topanga content coming your way shortly. Dang, about time. It's been a while since she's had more than one line in an episode. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm ready for it. And I think I think our viewers, viewers, I think our listeners are ready for a little bit more Topanga too. Well, hopefully we can deliver that to them. And thank you for sitting with us and watching this episode. And we'll see you again next time. So thanks, everyone. Bye. Get out, everybody.